Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Radio Play Revival, New Orleans, 1895. Tidy is a brilliant young boy, but his mind isn't on school or home. His mother, teacher, and friends wonder what goes on in Tidy's mind. But when Tidy gets caught out in a storm, his family must find him and uncover his secret. Groundswell Theatricals and Josh Johnston present a radio play revival production of Tidy by Alice Moore Dunbar-Nelson. Starring, in order of speaking, Latanya Richardson-Jackson as the narrator, Young Dylan as Tighty, Hannah Rose Honoré as Mother, Ashton Muniz as Edgar, and Lonnie Chavis as Older Brother. Ragtime and blues music composed by Henry Ragas, Tony's Barbaro, Tom Brown, and Frank Warshower, respectively. It was cold that day. The great sharp north wind swept out Elysian Field Street in blasts that made men shiver and bent everything in their track. The skies hung lowering and gloomy. The usually quiet street was more than deserted. It was dismal. Tighty leaned against one of the brown freight cars for protection against the shrill norther and warmed his little chapped hands at a blaze of chips and dry grass. Maybe it'll snow, he muttered, casting a glance at the sky that would have done credit to a practiced seaman. 
Ugh, but the wind blows. It was Saturday, or Tidy would have been in school. The big yellow school on Marini Street, where he went every day when his bell boomed nine o'clock. Went with a run and a joyous whoop, presumably to imbibe knowledge, ostensibly to make his teacher's life a burden. Idle, lazy, dirty, troublesome boy, she called him to herself. As day by day wore on and Tidy improved not, but let his whole class pass him on its way to a higher grade. A practical joke he relished infinitely more than a practical problem. And a good game at pin-sticking was far more entertaining than a language lesson. Moreover, he was always hungry and would eat in school before the half-past ten recess, thereby losing much good playtime for his voracious appetite. But there was nothing in natural history that Tidy did not know. He could dissect a butterfly or a mosquito hawk and describe their parts as accurately as a spectacled student with a scalpel and microscope could talk about a cadaver. The entire third district with its swamps and canals and commons and its wondrous, crooked, tortured streets was an open book to Tidy. There was not a nook or corner that he did not know or could not tell of. There was not a bit of gossip among the gamins, little Creole and Spanish fellows with dark skins and lovely eyes like spaniels that Tidy could not tell of. He knew just exactly when it was time for crayfish to be plentiful down in the Claiborne and Marini canals. Just when a poor, breadless fellow might get a job in the big boneyard and fertilizing factory out on the railroad track. And as for the levee, with its ships and schooners and sailors, how he could revel in them. The wondrous ships the pretty little schooners where the foreign-looking sailors lay on long moonlight nights, singing to their guitars and telling great stories. All these things and more could Tidy tell of. He had been down to the Gulf and out on its treacherous waters through the Eads jetties on a fishing smack with some jolly brown sailors and could interest the whole schoolroom in the talk lessons, if he chose. Tidy shivered as the wind swept round the freight cars. There isn't much warmth in a bit of a jersey coat. <sighs> Wish it was summer. <sighs> Don't believe I like the snow. It's too wet and cold. And with a last parting caress, at the little fire he had built it for a minute's warmth. He plunged his hands in his pockets, shut his teeth, and started manfully on his mission out the railroad track toward the swamps. It was late when Tidy came home, to such a home as it was, and he had but illy performed his errand, so his mother beat him and sent him to bed supperless. A sharp strap stings in cold weather, 
and a long walk in the teeth of a biting wind creates a keen appetite. But if Tidy cried himself to sleep that night, he was up bright and early next morning, had been to Mass, devoutly kneeling on the cold floor, blowing his fingers to keep them warm, and was home almost before the rest of the family were awake. There was evidently some great matter of business on the young man's mind, for he scarcely ate his breakfast and left the table soon, eagerly cramming the remainder of his meal in his pockets. Ma foi, but what now? mused his mother as she watched his little form sturdily trudging the track in the face of the wind, his head with the rimless cap thrust close on the shock of black hair, bent low, his hands thrust deep in the bulging pockets. A new life play toy it may be. He is one funny child. The next day, Tidy was late for school. It was something unusual, for he was always the first on hand to fix some plan of mechanism to make the teacher miserable. She looked reprovingly at him this morning when he came in during arithmetic class, his hair all windblown, his cheeks rosy from a hard fight with the sharp blasts. But he made up for his tardiness by his extreme goodness all day. Just think... Tidy did not even eat once before noon, something unparalleled in the entire previous history of his school life. When the lunch hour came and all the yard was a scene of feast and fun, one of the boys found him standing by a post, disconsolately watching a ham sandwich as it rapidly disappeared down the throat of a sturdy, square-headed little fellow. Hello, Edgar. Hello, Tidy. What you got for lunch? Nothing. Oh, why don't you stop eating in school for a change? You don't ever have nothing to eat. I didn't eat today. You did. I tell you, I didn't. And Tidy's hard little fist planted a punctuation mark on his comrade's eye. A fight in the schoolyard. Poor Tidy was in disgrace again. Still, in spite of his battered appearance, a severe scolding from the principal, lines to write, and further punishment from his mother, Tidy scarcely remained for his dinner, but was off down the railroad track with his pockets partly stuffed with the remnants of the scanty meal. And the next day, Tidy was tardy again and lunchless too, and the next, until the teacher, in despair, sent a nicely printed note to his mother about him, which might have done some good, had not Tidy taken great pains to tear it up on the way home. One day it rained, whole buckets full of water that poured in torrents from a miserable, angry sky. Too wet a day for bits of boys to be trudging to school, Tidy's mother thought, 
So she kept him at home to watch the weather through the window, fretting and fuming like a regular storm in miniature. As the day wore on and the rain did not abate, his mother kept a strong watch upon him, for he tried many times to slip away. Dinner came and went, and the gray soddenness of the skies deepened into the blackness of coming night. Someone called Tidy to go to bed, and Tidy was nowhere to be found. Under the beds, in closets and corners, in such impossible places as the soap dish and water pitcher even, they searched but he had gone as completely as if he had been spirited away. It was of no use to call up the neighbors. He had never been near their houses, so there was nothing to do but to go to the railroad track where Tidy had been seen so often trudging in the shrill north wind. With lanterns and sticks and his little yellow dog, the rescuing party started down the track. The rain had ceased falling, but the wind blew a gale, scurrying great gray clouds over a fierce sky. It was not exactly dark, though in this part of the city there is neither gas nor electricity. And on such a night as this, neither moon nor stars dared show their faces in so gray a sky. But a sort of all-diffused luminosity was in the air, as though the sea of atmosphere was charged with an ethereal phosphorescence. Search as they did, there were no signs of tidy. The soft earth between the railroad ties crumbled between Tidy's big brother's feet without showing any small tracks or footprints. Maz, we may as well return. He is not here. Oh, mon dieu. He is. He is. I know it. So on they went, slipping on the wet earth and stumbling over loose rocks until a sudden wild yelp from Big Brother brought them to a standstill. He had rushed ahead of them, and his voice could be heard in the distance, howling piteously. With a fresh impetus, the little muddy party hurried forward. Big Brother's yelps could be heard plainer and plainer, mingled now with a muffled, plaintive little wail. After a while, they found a pitiful little heap of sodden rags, lying at the foot of a mound of earth and stones thrown upon the side of the track. It was tidy with a broken leg, all wet and miserable and moaning. They picked him up tenderly and started to carry him home, but he cried and clung to his mother and begged not to go. Ah, oh, mon pauvre enfant! He has the fever. No, no. It's my old man. He's hungry, sobbed Tidy, holding out a little package. It was the remnants of his dinner, all wet and rain-washed. What old man? asked Big Brother. My old man. 
Oh, please, please. Don't go home till I see him. I'm not hurting much. I can go. So yielding to his whim, they carried Tidy farther away, down the sides of the track, up to an embankment or levee by the sides of the Maroney Canal. Then Big Brother, suddenly stopping, exclaimed, Why, here's a cave. Is it Robinson Crusoe? It's my old man's cave. Oh, please go in. Maybe he's dead. There cannot be much ceremony in entering a cave. There is but one thing to do. Walk in. This they did. And holding up the lantern, beheld a weird sight. On a bed of straw and paper in one corner lay a withered, wizened, white-bearded old man with wide eyes staring at the unaccustomed light. In the other corner was an equally dilapidated cow. It's my old man! Oh, please, Grandpa, I couldn't get here today. It rained all morning, and when I ran away, I fell down and broke something. And, oh, Grandpa, I'm all tired and hurty, and I'm so afraid you're hungry. So the secret of Tidy's jaunts down the railroad was out. In one of his trips around the swampland, he had discovered the old man exhausted from cold and hunger in the fields. Together they had found this cave, and Tidy had gathered the straw and paper that made the bed. Then a tramp cow, old and turned adrift, too, had crept in and shared the damp dwelling. And thither Tidy had trudged twice a day, carrying his luncheon in the morning and his dinner in the afternoon. There's a crown in heaven for that child said his mother. But as for Tidy, when the leg was well, he went his way as before. That was Tidy by Alice Moore Dunbar Nelson. Radio Play Revival is conceived and directed by Josh Johnston. This episode was edited by Ryan Schleifman. Casting by David Caparelliotis. Theme music by Joseph Falcon. The production assistant was Zoe Cameron. And the literary manager was Victoria Ungvarsky. Executive producers are Stacey Levine and David Caparelliotis. I'm Sam Chuchavis. Until we meet again, good night and good health. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.